Tough Times Call for Courageous Conversations. I'm sitting here wanting to address Scott Adams and him labeling black people a hate group based upon this poll. And as I'm preparing for the show in my mind, I'm thinking, do I need to have a black person on the show with me in order to have the conversation? And why am I thinking that? Because I'm wondering if simply by doing this show, if I'm putting myself at risk of getting canceled myself, and that's everything wrong with society right now when it comes to having conversations about the things that are dividing us. We should be able to be courageous and speak with one another without fear that somebody will try to erase our entire place on this planet and cancel us and ruin our lives instead of listening to one another so we can have understanding. I want to listen to Scott Adams so I can have understanding and make sure that I completely understand where he's coming from. Free market economics? Well, then I can remove Dilbert from the newspaper if I disagree with him. But to simply paint him as a racist before listening to the rest, I think is dangerous. Now, I know what the rest of the people are going to say right about now. It's, well, if somebody is a Nazi and they start going with anti-Semitic stuff, you have to be able to say you're being anti-Semitic. What I'm telling you is I still should listen to the conversation to make sure that that's exactly what they're being instead of immediately canceling the person. Or do we just not give a crap about what people are and we just would like to paint them whatever way is convenient for ourselves in order to make ourselves sleep better at night? And if so, maybe you're the bigot. Sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. America Emboldened. Greg, I feel emboldened. You don't know the founding fathers. You don't know what they did. You don't know what they sacrificed. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, Bold Americans, to another week of episodes here on America Emboldened. I'm your host, Greg Bolden. As always, go to www.americaoutloud.com where you can find plenty of articles, many uh, talented guests here, lots of good shows. I suppose you can go to the America Out Loud Talk radio via your iPhone or Android store. You can download the America Out Loud app. All right. I did a lot of interviews last week from my time down in D.C. And during that time, a ton of things have been going on in our country. And there's so much that I'd like to address this week, but let's start with what happened at the end of last week and the fallout through the rest of the weekend and what my observations are. As you heard me say at the top of the show, it is a scary proposition. And this is going to be me being completely 100% honest with my entire listening audience. You can feel free to criticize me, critique me, but as long as you're willing to have a conversation, I'm here for it. If all you want to do is shout me down and tell me, oh, you're wrong and you shouldn't be anywhere anywhere in uh, society whatsoever with these uh, talking points, well, then I would say that you're the problem. Uh, and I don't need to have a conversation with you because you're not willing to have a conversation. 
but I'm going to be honest. I'm going to uh, open myself up here and talk about things that uh, maybe some are afraid to say. So let's get straight into it. Today, we are talking about whether or not it's okay to be white. Now, this was part of the Rasmussen poll that Scott Adams was referencing last week when uh, he went on what many are saying is a racist rant. And I'm going to address that. We're going to play parts of that today on the show and talk about whether or not Scott Adams has a point or is Scott Adams saying things that there are a good majority of white people in this country that are thinking it and they just don't have a platform to say it or they're afraid to say it. Did he speak for a large portion of America? And then before we go, oh my God, look, we've just confirmed that all white people are horrible racist, is the switch opposite side of what was being said about black people true? And, you know, as a white person without a black co-host, this can be a show that is uncomfortable to do because you may be sitting there going, oh, I'm just waiting for you to misstep. I'm just waiting for you to say the wrong thing. Well, if you're waiting for that, that's a problem. That's a problem because I see in society right now an I gotcha culture that can't wait to jump onto somebody else rather than to try to understand and love their neighbor and help their neighbor become a more loving person as well. So I'll start here. We're going to start without the race conversation. We're going to start about what happens in employment uh, centers all over the United States. There's a couple things that happen in employment centers. The first is sexual harassment training. Now, sexual harassment training comes around every so often, once every two years, every employee in certain places has to complete it. And why did it begin, right? Why did sexual harassment begin? Well, first, likely somebody was sexually harassed and somebody sued and won their lawsuit. And as a result, everybody has got to be treated as if you have the potential to sexually harass other people. And then during that conversation, there was always a bias that it was males that sexually harass females. But the reality of the situation is sexual harassment or sexual mis uh, misconduct, those type of comments, they happen on both sides, male and female. But it's just easier, I guess, that we painted males as the ones that perpetuate. But people in positions of power have abused power for a long time. People that are just creepy people that are going to cheat on their spouses and have inappropriate relationships or inappropriate words and make other people uncomfortable, that's existed for a long time. Just as there are bigoted people, there are racist people that exist that just don't have love in their hearts. And we can get to that in this conversation. But when we have these trainings... How do you feel when you're sitting there and you're like, I don't do this. Like, I'm not a crappy person. Like, I'm not going to sit there and make these type of comments to somebody else. You sit there and you think, gee, this is a waste of time. And then that starts to kind of spread throughout the room. All these people are like, man, what a waste of our time. What a waste of our day. This is so boring. Until people start hating the entire concept overall and it's counterproductive to the conversation. You went in for sexual harassment and now you hate sexual harassment. You hate the people that do sexual harassment. And you also don't even care about any of the training that you did because let's face it, no one wanted to be there in the first place. Now let's move that same conversation to the, I'm going to say wokeism 
of the past couple years where now everything's got to be woke on topic, right? Everything's got to be about, you know, uh, gender identity. And then what type of training can be done for gender identity within the workplace? And now you're also going to have people that based on their religious beliefs, based upon their firmly held convictions and beliefs, they're not going to want to listen to the fact that they're trying to have explained to them that the biological sex can be different than the gender sex. They're going to say, you know what? Science tells me the biological and gender are the same thing, and they're never going to change their minds on that. So what do you hope to accomplish in getting these individuals onto your side or getting these people educated if you're never willing to sit down with them without a position where they fear for their jobs, fear for the judgment to talk about why we're in the place where we're at. Take Matt Walsh, for example. He had the movie, What is a Woman? Where people were trying to tell him, Matt, we're having two different conversations. We're talking about gender, about how people feel. You're talking about biological sex. And he used that as his talking point of biological sex and gender are identical. These people were playing with a different rule book. Their rule book said biological sex and gender are different. That movie was a great example of how two sides can dig their heels in on both issues, both feeling like they're 100% correct, and yet neither of them are willing to listen to the other. And as a result, both sides lose. This conversation goes straight over to the race conversation in our country. For those that wonder where a question from Rasmussen could come from, is it okay to be white? I would just like to point out to you, as a white man who is raising my family, we've had conversations about will it be more hostile in the future to be white in this country? I'm sharing that with you in an open and honest way because not that I'm worried for my children and losing a position of white privilege, uh, not because it's some type of white supremacy type of statement, but because I simply look around at headlines like an LA weekly that gives eight rules for white people who like hip hop on how they're the like hip hop. How they're the say things around other people of color. <laughs> the fact that this article exists tells me that I'm correct in the fact that this question from Rasmussen that people seem to be offended by was a question that is on the mind of Americans. And it wasn't meant to be a question based upon racism. It was a question based upon, do you believe that culturally people that are white are feeling shame for being white? Or do you believe that over the media's past five, six years, that there has been a doubling down and shaming if you're white, that you should be apologizing for your whiteness and for your white privilege. I'm going to say in this part of the conversation, things that I shouldn't have to say, and this should tell you everything about the conversation that I'm trying to have. I'm going to first say, I believe that racism is a thing. I believe that in our world, some people are really fortunate to be born in situations that they had no control over. For example, it's not a race issue. I could have been born in a third world country with no running water, and I would have had trouble making it to my 18th birthday. 
I could grow up in a country that has war where I could be dead early on, or I should have to serve my country and die because it's been at a violent conflict all my life. I could be in a country that doesn't uh, respect my free speech and I have an opinion on something and they kill me. Just like in this country, I could be white, I could be Hispanic, I could be black, I could be any nationality and have possibly some different opportunities that are opened up to me simply because of where I was born, where I went to school, my education level, my parenting, of how my parents raised me. There are literally 1,000 synapses throughout my life that have created me to where I am today, to the fact that I have a voice on this show with you know 100,000 people that are even listening to this message, which quite honestly scares the crap out of me in and of itself because I never saw myself having a voice in all this. But I'm saying all of this now to tell you, please don't cancel me for this conversation. I'm one of the people that's trying to think critically about this. I'm asking everybody else to do the exact same thing. If you think that I'm a hateful person, sure, absolutely. Stop listening to the show. Tell people don't listen to the show. Whatever you want to do. If you think that I'm a hateful individual, that I'm spreading hateful ideology, that I'm spreading uh, supremacy and racism into the world or hatred towards trans people or LGBTQ, I first would say you obviously are not familiar with my life's work. That's the irony of everything. But if you think that you have that figured out, it is your right. It's your right to, to say, you know what, I don't support that. And if other people are going to, I'm going to give my opinion. But let's look at the definition of what it means to be a bigot. A bigot is a person who is obstinately or unreasonably attached to a belief, opinion, or faction, especially one who is prejudiced against or antagonistic towards a person or people on the basis of their membership of a particular group. Do you believe that people can be a prejudiced or antagonistic person towards a particular podcast? Uh, maybe it's The Daily Wire. Maybe it is Matt Walsh. Do you believe people may not actually know Matt Walsh, his true beliefs, opinions, or the work that he does, the love that he has in hearts for fellow uh, Americans or fellow citizens? Uh, do you believe that there could be an unreasonable belief that people just simply go, well, cancel that person, and all of a sudden the cancel police come out of the woodwork, which, by the way, that's even better. As I was reporting this show and trying to do research, did you know even cancel now, they say, is a word that got stolen by white people? I'm not making this up. This is an actual thing. This is showing how sensitive and how important this conversation is today. This podcast is today. It also tells you why I'm so scared to even do this podcast, to even have this conversation with America with people that I know are my, my friends that are going to listen. Now, the good thing is my friends know who I am. My friends know, you know what's on my heart. But the bigotry that could come from other people, the bigotry that can come from them simply because cancel culture is a group of people that simply look at, oh, you listen to the America Emboldened show? Well, you must be an absolute jackass. <laughs> not ever listening to the show, not ever hearing that I do self-improvement, not ever hearing that I try to have diversity on my show, but that's okay. That's okay. Because some people are going to have to face their own bigotry. Now, Scott Adams, what did he do? What did he say that has gotten everybody? And when I say everybody, I'm putting that in quotes. What did he do that got people upset last week? Why is he being canceled? Why is Dilbert being taken out of the newspapers. Well, I'm going to tell you and I'm going to play audio. 
Let's first tell you, and then the second half, I'll play the audio. So Scott Adams is, uh, as the newspapers that are more liberal-leaning would tell you, he's a pro-Trump Dilbert creator. All right, that's the cartoon. I've never actually really even read the cartoon much other than I knew it was about like, I think it's, I don't even know what it's about. I think it's about IT culture. All right, I think it's like IT culture and the guy goes to work and stuff. Anyway, uh, he apparently, I'm going off of reports again, so I can match my own bigotry towards his show. Uh, He has claimed previously that he was a victim of racism in Hollywood and corporate America. And so last week uh, on his show, he labeled black people as a hate group and said white people should get the hell away from them and stop helping them. He said he's given up on helping black people. And I heard this clip and I was like, oh, wow, that is a, uh, that's a strong take. Cotton, let's see how it works out for him. You know, that clip from a dodgeball. Um, anyway, I, you know, I heard this and I'm like, wow, well, that's not going to go over too well. Now, where did he get his information to start? Well, I told you at the top here, it's okay to be white is a question asked by a Rasmussen survey. survey. They talked to 1,000 American adults, about 70% of which were white, about 16% of which were black, and then the remaining were of different uh, types of uh, ethnicities. The uh, Anti-Defamation League came out and said the phrase, is it okay to be white? was already a hate slogan. Should that never have been uh, something that was ever said? And apparently they're saying it was an advertisement or something from uh, 4chan. I don't know. I I really do not know whatsoever uh, where that came. But I can tell you that 4chan did not originate the concept of people feeling like it's not okay to be white in society right now. That is a conversation that has been going on in America for some time now. It's something that has been really, I believe, over the last decade. Now, 72% of the 1,000 Americans surveyed in that Rasmussen statement agreed with the statement. And even the majority of black people, 53%, did as well, that it's okay to be white. The poll found that 79% of respondents agreed with the statement, black people can be racist too, including 66% of black people. And I've thought about those two questions and why this Rasmussen poll would go out and say, first, is it okay to be white? And then two, can black people be racist? Were there other questions that they asked? Because if not, shame on you, Rasmussen, because you're race baiting already in this conversation. And I'm trying to tell people at the beginning here, if at our workplaces, when we do this training, there's already this... uh, I'm going to use the word segregating because that's what it is. We segregate people into different camps with the training, and then we don't actually encourage growth in these areas. When you ask two questions like this, the outcome is not going to be good. So Adams said that 47% of blacks are not willing to say it's okay to be white. And so he basically, after he got that, that's when he was like, well, based on these numbers, then black people are a hate group. And that's what he called them, said they were a hate group. Now, I'm going to play that audio in the second half of the show. And I'm going to take a unpopular opinion on this, that instead of canceling Scott Adams, instead of pulling Dilbert from every newspaper, which it's fine if that's what the newspapers want to do, but instead of simply misunderstanding this, can we dive into why this is a thing? 
and not label it as a KKK, white supremacy, white privilege, whatever term you want to use. Can we simply talk about it as if we can remove the conversation of prejudice and racism from it and look at the words and say, how did we get here? That's what I want to do in the second half of the show. I'm not sure I'll be successful at, but I'm going to attempt to have that conversation. All right, everyone. In just a moment, we'll be back. But before we can do that, if you want to take control of your health here, we have Cofix RX. It's a povidone iodine spray. Now, Cofix RX, you sprayed up your nasal uh, passageways and you get about eight hours of protection from viruses, including COVID. So you can go out in public. My, my wife was using this thing like religiously every single day. She slacked off for just about three days. We were out in public and she got sick and she swore it's because she stopped taking her Cofix. Now, Cofix RX, you can get directly here through America Out Loud. You can go to the Cofix RX website backslash out loud to be able to get a discount on it. Take control of your life. Use Cofix. All right. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. Be right back. We are fighting the ultimate fight between good and evil. AmericaOutloud.com replaces groupthink with innovative think. Well, it was Walt Whitman, the poet, who said, keep your face always toward the sunshine and shadows will fall behind you. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day, yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. Welcome back, Bold American. Second half of the show, we're going to be hearing directly from Scott Adams, his words from his live YouTube video. 
And many people are playing you the clip of the most uh, salacious of all of his words. Not saying that the entire thing wasn't salacious, but they're taking the parts that are the most uh, racially uh, dividing out of all of them. I'm going to play you the lead up to it and break it down for everybody. Because I, I, I do believe that there is criticism for Scott Adams. There are consequences for uh, having hate in the world. Uh, but also I want to talk about why people would have these type of concerns. And so just as when you listen to most video clips or well, in this case, audio clips on this show, I pause, I'll give my thoughts, play the next part, pause, give my thoughts. Now I said, we should be open to the dialogue, right? We should be willing to listen to make sure that we have full understanding. So before you've made up your mind on this, or if you already had your mind, I ask that you throw that away for just a few moments for the next 15 minutes here with me. Let's dive in the Scott Adams words. So this was on his show. This is Scott. Rasmussen asked, you know, white and black voters and, and probably others, uh, do you disagree or agree with the statement, it's okay to be white? 26% of blacks said uh, no. It's not okay to be white. 21% weren't sure. Add them together, that is 47% of black respondents were not willing to say it's okay to be white. First, let's talk about the fallacy in that argument. Those that said uh, they did, weren't responding or don't know, that's not answering that it's not okay to be white. So that assertion by Scott is not accurate because those people might just been uncomfortable with the question and not wanted to participate and said, well, I, I don't know, or just get away from me basically in, in that conversation. So I don't think that that is a fair assessment, but let's address the fact that maybe there's just over 20% of people in this poll depending on where they were, I'd be curious as to what part of the country were they in when they were asking this, but two out of every 10 black people were responding in this specific poll that it was not okay to be white. What does that mean? That's, that's a question to really internalize because that's, what's getting lost in this conversation because what Scott's going to say in a few moments, it's going to get a bit extreme and I'm going to call that out too. But what does it say when there is a race of people saying it's not okay to be another race of people, because I'm pretty sure that that is the definition of racism. I'm pretty sure that that in and of itself is a hateful ideology. And if Scott had simply called out the hateful ideology, I'm 100% behind that. However, I'm not going to label an entire group of people as black people are a hate group, as Scott's going to do in what he's saying, I think that's wrong. Just as I wouldn't label every single person at the time in Germany as a Nazi, because I know not everybody was a Nazi. There were other ethnicities there. There were people put to death there. We can't broadly brush a paintbrush across an entire conversation. Now, if Scott went into that, we could have a completely diff different conversation. But Scott doesn't go there. And this is what's happening in all of those other trainings in the workplace, that people have their minds made up in certain ways and it's never explained. You never get them the opportunity to. And as a result, they go into some pretty crazy stuff. And so Scott continues on right here. 
So I realized, um, as you know, I've been identifying as black for a while, wait, years now. Wait, what? Because I, like, you know, I like to be on the winning team. And I like to help. And I, I always thought, well, if you help the black community, that's sort of the biggest lever. You know, you, could, you can find the, the biggest benefit. All right, so listen to what he's saying right here. He is saying that I've tried to play it safe in my life because I understood that as a white individual... If I were to pander to black issues, then I was covering all my bases in order to come out looking as good as I possibly could look. That's problematic, Scott. That's problematic on extremely deep levels. Let's also talk about how how does one identify as a black person or how does a black person identify as a white person? right? (laughs) The irony of identity politics and what Scott is saying is not lost on me. But again, let's listen to the conversation because if Scott's feeling this way and he has lots of people to listen to him, it means other people feel this way as well. This is wrong. You should not help other people because it's going to have the most benefit for you. You should help other people regardless of what they look like or ethnicities. You should help other people because in your heart, it's the right thing to do and because you're a good and pure person. So I thought, well, that's the hardest thing and the biggest benefit. So I'd like to focus a lot of my life resources in helping black Americans. So much so that I started identifying as black to just be on the team I was helping. But it turns out that nearly half of that team uh, doesn't think uh, I'm okay to be white. <laughs> Scott, I don't think that they thought it was okay for you to be black either. I'm just, I'm just going to point that out here. Again, what he's saying is, well, I've given lots of money to black causes, so I can't be racist. I can't have a problem with any black people here. That's kind of what I'm hearing. I don't know if you're hearing that. Which is, of course, why I identified as black, because so I could be on the winning team for a while. But I have to say, uh, this is the first political poll that ever changed my activities. I don't know that that's ever happened before. Normally, you see a poll, you just look at it, you go, ah, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, this is interesting what other people think. But as of today, I'm going to re-identify as white. Scott, the, the, the white people don't want you either. <laughs> oh my God, this is a train wreck. This is really, really, really bad. I had never listened to the full audio, so I'm re- responding to this. As I go, I had only heard the clip before. This is really bad. Like, horrible, horrible bad. Wow because I don't want to be a member of a hate group. I'd accidentally joined a hate group. So if, if you know, nearly half of all blacks uh, are not okay with white people, according to this poll, not according to me, according to this poll, uh, that's a hate group. That's a hate group. And I don't want to have anything to do with them. And I would say, you know, based on the current way things are going, the best advice I would give to white people is to get the hell away from black people. No, 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 no. Scott, the worst advice you can give the white people is to get the hell away from black people. The whole point of this conversation today is the fact that we need the courageous conversations. We need communities that disagree with one another. We need that 20% that believes that it's not okay to be white. We need those individuals to talk with one another so there can be awareness amongst one another. Without the conversation, nothing will change. 
things are going to get worse. And I can tell you the, the echo chamber on Twitter of some of the videos that I'm seeing and everything is horrifying and horrible. And, but Scott doesn't stop there, does he? Nope, nope, not at all. Wherever you have to go, just get away. Because there's no fixing this. This can't be fixed. Right, this can't be fixed. You just have to escape. So that's what I did. I went to a neighborhood where, you know, I have a very low black population. Oh, okay. I, I want you to hear this. This is, this is really good criticism at Scott right here. So that's what I did. I went to a, a neighborhood that had a really low black population. This should be the most telling audio in the entire uh, unhinged part here. This poll just came out. He's saying he's no longer identifying, but yet he moved to a neighborhood that had a low black population on purpose. Scott, you have, you deserve everything coming to you. You are not willing to listen to the other side. You are a bigot in this conversation. You just outed yourself. The whole first part of, you know, that's why I help the black community. I've identified as black. I mean, that was pretty outlandish in and of itself. Telling people to get the hell away from black Americans, to get get out of the neighborhoods, um, that was pretty horrifying as well. But now you're saying that you have already moved? The poll just came out, Scott. Did you move over the course of an hour? Were you, were you able to sell your home and buy in someplace else? You were so shocked by this bowl. Nope. See, what was on your heart that entire time? It just came out. In America, if we're listening to one another, you will hear what's on other people's hearts. Now, should we cancel Scott Adams? Well, in the newspapers, he's making tons of money putting Dilbert, or maybe he is. I don't even know if Dilbert's still a thing, quite honestly. But so... If he's still publishing new cartoons, he's making money from that. You know what? Free market economics. That's the way it works. You don't have your cartoon there anymore because quite honestly, you don't believe in the power of all Americans to work together, to rise above and to live life the same way. I uh, just think back to you know my classroom. I think back to the diversity that I have. I don't know why we forget that children are children as they grow up and that every single child was loved by someone was a precious gift. It didn't matter what their skin color was, what their ethnicity was. All that mattered was that they were a child. I'm going to say a child of God, but I know some people don't believe in God. Okay, whatever. They're still an innocent child. But in my mind, they're a child of God. It doesn't matter what they look like. Every single human being wants the same absolute opportunities. But yes, some people are born into really bad situations. Now, I am not excusing this 20% that say it's not okay to be white. I, I believe that that is hateful words, just as I believe Scott's words are hateful words against the black community. And they should be called out for what they are. But you know what? This show today is calling it out in a way that we can have a conversation with it. I could have went into tacking his uh, character. I could have attacked Rasmussen as a poll and said, oh, look at the questions. I did kind of say they were stupid questions, but I could have said, well, Rasmussen's not even a, uh, a verified good uh, poll company. I didn't go there. 
right? Rasmussen's still young. It's been around since 2003. It has the uh, lean of being conservative, but I didn't make that part of my argument. I didn't make part of my argument the fact that Scott is a conservative. I didn't make part of my argument that he supports Trump because that's ad hominem attacks. I'm letting his words speak for themselves, which is what I'm asking listeners to do with these type of conversations. It's what I'm asking people on the left to do, the right to do. Before we just label broadly, let's listen to the words like we just did today and then say, all right, can we understand why they're saying what they're saying? Now, Scott doubles down on Don Lemon here. Wow. Because unfortunately, there, you know, there's a high correlation between the density. And this is according to Don Lemon, by the way. Um, so here I'm just quoting Don Lemon when, when he notes that the, when he lived in a uh, mostly black neighborhood, there were a bunch of problems that he didn't see in white neighborhoods. So even Don Lemon sees a big difference in your own quality of living based on where you live and who's there. So I, I think it makes no sense whatsoever as a uh, white citizen of America to try to help black citizens anymore. It doesn't make sense. It's, it's no longer a rational impulse. So <laughs> the, these 21% or even the 43%, whatever number that was that he put together, that should just negate the fact that we're going to help one another out. We're going to live as Americans under one roof and try to have the most perfect country that we possibly can. Now, where does this thought press come from? Why are we seeing this? Well, I think social media has emboldened uh, individuals to have this type of thought process. And I'll tell you why. I've been seeing a ton of videos on Twitter with people that have been trying the state that black people are beating up white people in the schools. Have you seen these videos? You'll, you'll see a black kid and start beating up a kid on a school bus, start beating up a kid in a school. Ben Shapiro even talked about this the other day. And people are writing things like, it's always the same people. Well, okay, what are the same people? Well, what they're innately doing is pushing your eyes towards racist beliefs that violence against other people that it can only be a thing of racism. I disagree with that wholeheartedly. I believe that if you search out the same type of videos of white people fighting other white people, white people fighting black people, you're going to find the same type of videos that are out there. We are in a culture of violence in a ton of ways. To simply state that this is something that only is affecting a black community is wrong. But when you start sharing it, you start putting out this echo chamber of information, and then you start to see it over and over again in your feed. Elon Musk has even talked about how this appears. And so I believe the people like Scott Adams, they're people that have watched these type of videos and have almost become programmed to believe that things are a certain way. So I decided to just go through my feed right now in unironically. The first feed that I see is like a Burger King and it's about, uh, I don't know what's going on in this clip, but it looks like uh, three people are having a fight in the middle of Burger King. Then I see another one. Uh, it's posted with this white kid walking up to a, a uh, teacher uh, that looks like they are of some type of maybe Asian heritage and uh, yelling at the teacher in front of the entire class. And then he assaults the teacher. I see another clip 
of a white person walking in to a uh, convenience store and robbing the store at gunpoint. And that was in Michigan. And these are people all over that are following this stuff and reposting. I'm guessing Scott Adams is seeing these same type of content, but my guess is he's seeing the content where it's not as diverse as what I see on my wall. Oh, another video just popped up as I'm scrolling where it is a black girl beating up a white girl. Um, now, all of these videos that are popping up on my feed, I'm scrolling really quick and I have lots of people that submit and retweet stuff, tells me that that's the narrative that's out there. Can we talk? America, can we stop ignoring the fact that we have a bigotry problem? We have a bigotry problem in this country for everything, whether it's transphobia, whether it's homophobia, whether it's racism, there is bigots in every single corner. And you know what the, the common theme of every one of the bigots is? None of the bigots want to admit that they're a bigot. None of the racists want to admit that they are a racist. None of the phobes want to admit that they're part of the phobia club. But the fact of the matter is that bigotry is at fault here. And how do we fix that? Is it by creating more clubs and schools, creating more organizations that are going to raise awareness and call out everything? I don't think so. I don't believe that any of the clubs that we can put together, I don't believe that any of the organizations that we can put together are truly going to move the needle. It's simply going to create a silo. If we want to truly move the needle, we need to start being the change we want to see in the world. We need to start having the difficult, courageous conversations with other people. And so I'm going to reach out to Scott Adams. I would like Scott Adams to come on to America Emboldened and answer my questions about how he had chosen to live in a different home long before he ever saw this poll, how he could label an entire group of people as a hate group on his show over a poll. I would imagine if you're identifying it as black, you, you've been hanging out in the black community. So obviously I would hope that you would find people that are amazing, right? Uh, I know that it doesn't matter what part of the community I'm in. I find amazing people everywhere. I'd like to know why Scott Adams can't do so. So if you could tag Scott Adams in the show today, this is an open invite, Scott. Come on to the show. Speak with me. While other people are canceling you and saying they want nothing to do with you, I'm not saying that I like you. I'm not saying that uh, I support anything that you said because I do not. But what I am saying is I want to hear your voice. I want to model for America what it means not only to hear other people's voices, but to hold people accountable in conversation and see if they're willing to listen. And if you're not willing to listen, you're not willing to participate, well, that's on you. But I want to move the needle forward, right? I use Black Lives Matter as an example. Black Lives Matter is a silo. It's a silo that, in general, could have a great awareness for other individuals in order to help educate people about how another community can feel completely different than you feel each day and be able to listen to their valid concerns. 
instead it turned into a silo of all lives matter versus black lives matter it didn't help the conversation whatsoever when we talk about lgbtq we talk about the various organizations that same thing if we're not with dialogue on the other side it just reinforces bigotry and hate i think it's the same issue we have in our politics people have dug in so much that now they're willing to say that you know liberals you've probably heard the uh the the phrase that liberals get called as well as the republicans the conservatives what they get called now i've had people tell me there's not one good republican anywhere there's not one good liberal anywhere no never i disagree with that statement the bigotry painting people in a false uh, brush one big paintbrush it's wrong all right, everybody, I hope I honored your time well. I hope I gave you some things, some food for thought. I hope I did it with love in my heart and some honesty here. This was a difficult show to do. Uh, I didn't censor myself in any way, shape, or form the entire time. Uh, so if I'm canceled, I'm canceled. Uh, but hopefully, I'm trying to move a needle in a positive direction. You've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. Be bold, America. Be bold, America.